on today's show. Our goal was was actually to just get them to just, just to get some feedback on our product. Right. From uh, people who had brought to market many products like Laurie and um, Kevin O'Leary, who's in our space mm-hmm. in education, sold this company at Mattel. Uh, I mean, Damon, I could go through the list. Right? Yeah. These are like brand expert. Mark Cuban is just brilliant in so many ways. And Robert, software guy. We kind of went in wanting to get feedback on the product and knowing that we would be pitching to a national audience. Yeah, that's right. It's really nerve wracking. And when you go on the show, you're standing there and then all of a sudden they're like, you it's a whole day and they're there for a couple of days. Um, and all of a sudden it's, you know, and they're counting. Yeah, they're counting down. And the doors open and you go down and you say your pitch and they don't cut and edit any of that. Oh, wow. So if you mess up your one, two minute pitch. Like, that's it. Hi. So some people are in there for three minutes. Some people are in there for an hour. We were in there for over an hour. Wow. Because they're asking questions. Ask questions. What's the conversion rate on your site? How mm-hmm. do you optimize it? Five, four, three, two, one, one. Welcome to the Creator Institute podcast. Your host, Eric Koster. In the second half of my conversation with Donna, we're going to dive more into this concept of how she was able to turn this energy and excitement and enthusiasm that she had built for herself while an actress and an author out in California and partner up with her sister and ultimately start a Google Doc that would change it all for them, leading the two of them to appear on Shark Tank, uh, get rejected the first time, but come back for more and and change the entire trajectory of their business surprise ride. It's an interesting tale of how this act of becoming a creator, getting in touch with that in-depth activity that they wanted to do to, to make an impact, to leave a mark, led Donna to, to, to really do something exciting. So it's a fun episode. I'm excited to hear the continuation and hope Hope you enjoy more from Donna. Tell me about this decision to start a business with your sister. And uh, it's it's been fascinating to observe and watch and the trials and tribulations of entrepreneurship. Um, but I just I want to hear this, this story about how you decided to start this. And then we can take a little bit through some of the, the adventures since. Yeah, you've been a part of those <laughs> in some ways. Um, in many ways, I so I uh, was in Los Angeles doing the Hollywood thing, really enjoying it, and I knew that this. It's funny because I think that was always there to transition me to entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a way to go. From, well, you were an entrepreneur. I think you you actually really in were some ways, but it was like going from left brain right finance That's right. to dabbling mm-hmm. in creativity and like you know, improv and sketch comedy is this like unfiltered mm-hmm. medium where you really um, have to just let yourself go and then transitioning. And so I, I knew coming out of that year that I wanted to pursue acting in some shape or form on the side, but that I really wanted to start a company and mm-hmm. something that had some bigger impact, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. meaning. So back to uh, your dad's statement. Yeah, yeah. Back to the making history. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny. It's a statement that I think about all the time, even now, because it's very easy to lose sight of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, returning money to, to investors yeah. and exiting and all these things. And you forget. Why did I do this? Yeah, I do yeah. this? So I knew I wanted to start something meaningful. And um, I started exploring ideas uh, with my sister who was halfway across the world. She was, she was in London at the time studying abroad as part of her undergrad. And then in Lebanon at the American university there, um, also taking courses. And we started this Google doc. Hmm. 
uh, where we would just, I would write ideas and she would wake up and there's this good seven hour time difference yeah. and she would write ideas and I would wake up eerily seeing <laughs> what she was up to. Uh, and I think that, so we zoned in on this one idea, which was uh, giving kids a creative outlet, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like what we grew up with. Right, right. And we'd watched our nephews kind of glued to the iPad and both parents working full time and really empathizing with the plight of a parent who wants to give their kids those activities. Right, but it's too right. Busy. So we came up with this idea of shipping something to them on a regular basis that would give them that outlet, mm-hmm. everything they need arriving at their doorstep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so subscription-based activities for kids. And you're both across the world as you're sort of like, world. you're brainstorming this seven hour lags. Yeah. She's, she's literally has no, she's not, I mean, she's a student. Right, <laughs> right. She's, right. Not, she's not starting something. Yeah, and yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to start something. Um, and, and then we just, we became so passionate about this hmm. idea. The Google Doc got to 30 pages, 40 pages plus. Really? From this one idea. That's that crazy. We had a bunch of other ones. Kind of funny to think back at what some of them were. One of them was um, bringing bringing Lebne, which is a strained yogurt from Lebanon to America. And now <laughs> it's like you can buy Lebne yeah. at Whole Foods and a bunch of places. But um, and this idea really spoke to us. Hmm. And I think from that passion, we thought, well, what if we learned to code a bit? Right. Threw up a website and let's see. We were very MVP mm-hmm. and startup mindset. Mm-hmm. Let's see if anybody will put in their credit card. Yeah. And that's kind of how it happened. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, were, were you both living in the same place or was this all no, you were doing we were this still, entirely remote? That's well, a- yeah, at that point we we're still separated. Yeah. And, um, funny enough, someone, so, uh, we did this and we put the site live and we learned how to do shopping cart yeah. and merchant bank to accept credit card, right. all these things. We taught ourselves this and, um, we put the website live and it, an hour later we got an order. Really? We hadn't told anybody and we got an order. And it was for a little boy named Aiden. And I remember writing this person and saying like, how did you hear that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was, she thought it was a bug. She thought yeah. something wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a theme where <laughs> right, right. Uh, my, my co-founder and sister thinks, Donna, what did you do? What did you do? What right. Did, yeah. What did you do? And, uh, and this woman, um, Nicole, wrote us back and said, I saw on one of our, we had started an AngelList profile. Oh, uh, yeah. We did. We bought all the profiles, like right. Twitter. Yeah, just, did, to, right. just to have them in yeah, case you bought, need it. We bought every spelling of the dot com. Right, right. We had big dreams. And she said, I saw this and I just signed up. And we we didn't tell her that she, we, the site has, had gone live for an hour. Wow, we that's amazing. Her, but we were like, wonderful. We will have the product <laughs> <laughs> shortly. And we're like, looked at each other and we're like, we have to create a product. That's amazing. That's amazing. Have you, have you met her ever since? Or have you, no, or no, she, we stayed in touch with, that's, she has been with that's us for so years, cool. And she actually didn't even know that she was the first customer. Really? And, uh, four years later we said to her, did you know that you were <laughs> our first customer? Yeah. She said, I had no idea. It turns out that also, um, we had so many things came out of this project that we didn't expect. There were kids who had, um, you know, speech therapy, uh, difficulties who used our activities as a way to connect with their parents hmm. and dads and we had kids who had disabilities who this was like the thing that they look forward to mm-hmm. you know so we learned a lot from right. talking to our customers that we didn't yeah set out to to do i, I love one of the things and, and, I, and i'd love for you then to talk a little bit about the sort of 
you know, you're, 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 you did make it to a television show, uh, not as an actress, but as an entrepreneur. Part of it, I think that's interesting is just me processing it is, I think one of the things that that experience sounds like when you were in, in LA taught you is to be a better storyteller, to be able to sort of position yourself because, you know, sort of Shark Tank, which to sort of spoil the lead, you did already earlier, so I'm not yeah. spoiling the lead, but Shark Tank is, is really, it's, <laughs> it's basically theater, um, wrapped as entrepreneurship and, um, so talk about that, how that all came to be. And in some ways, how you crafted a story that sort of caught the attention and uh, sort of took off like. Yeah. So I, so when I was in Hollywood, one of the things I learned is um, you need a hook. Yeah. Everybody needs a hook. Mm-hmm. And writing the book was really my hook. It was so that I could uh, be known as the author. Right. And that was my, you know, that was going to be the way that I approached people. And one of the things I also learned in Hollywood is you can't really make it there anymore if you don't have a following. It's fascinating, but we're living in a world where you're going to be put on a show or as a host, you have to already have a following. Mm-hmm. So really interesting stuff to just know. Right, right. Anybody who wants to do anything today, uh, having a platform, having a following, having a, a voice mm-hmm. is a, a big ticket. Attention. Att- someone told me uh, so, so attention is the new currency today. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, and, and you look at all these shows like The Voice and... Uh, so you think you can dance all these where there's judges. Right. A lot of times those judges are celebrities. Mm-hmm. Puff Daddy has a new P, P. Diddy. I should yeah, probably yeah. has a new show. And these are uh, the networks want the celebrities because that's what's going to draw people. And if those right. were four judges right. that you didn't know, but they were experts. Right. It, you know, so, so having, but they also still interesting in those shows, they still want fan voting to sort of determine who goes next. So that yes. the celebrities help, but they still want to see who has the most audience. And, and it's, it's interesting. It's all about that. It's yep. all about the attention. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, when I was writing the book too, I made sure that we would get like Amazon reviews right. and all these things to kind of uh, bring it together. Um, but when we, when we launched surprise ride um, at the beginning, like we had, we had no clue how we were going to get people. Yeah. And so I started to apply some of those things in entrepreneurship. And one of the things was networking was hmm. like, keeping your network up to date on what you were doing. Right. So I remember sending an email to all friends and family at the beginning and saying, Hey, I left LA. Yeah. Here's what, here's how that went. And it was really wonderful. And now I started this company and here's what it is. And I'd love to have you sign up a kid in your life. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we got our first, you know, 50 customers Mm -hmm. really was just friends and family. Mm -hmm. And then I worked about there. So I think a lot of the things I'd learned in Hollywood started to, come to life mm-hmm. in in a way putting yourself out there right not being afraid of rejection yep angelist profile without having any product yet yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. not taking things personally um because you go into an audition in hollywood and they'll sit back and go oh i don't know if i want someone with those features i don't know if i want someone with that <laughs> yeah. it's like it, it, and you're in the room right yeah, yeah. oh yeah, and you're in the room yeah. and they're talking about it. it could be the randomest thing and how do you walk away from that experience and not feel crushed yeah well it's not your performance or your talent it's Mm -hmm. just that you don't fit this role right right. you may fit another role perfectly Mm -hmm. so a lot of those experiences ended up being very useful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and i think spared me a good amount of heart heartache yeah and how did the how did the uh, connection to uh, sort of the show even happen what was the sort of the the entry point in Mm -hmm. uh so we uh, when we first launched um we launched out of an, so we signed up for an accelerator program that was out of the Boston area called Beta Spring. Mm-hmm. And I actually flew out there and spent four months out there based in DC, but I went out. Oh, did you really? Did this. Yeah. Um, 
really took the leap and uh rosie at the time was finishing up school and managed <laughs> to get a 4.0 really semester. i have no idea how she did it i think when you're doing things you love somehow it goes into right everything right. that you're working on um but they taught us that every day you are to come up with 15 ways that you're going to market your hmm. startup and you write it on a whiteboard and 15 ways every morning sounds like a lot. Right. You start getting desperate. Right. You start writing things like walk to the corner store and, <laughs> you know, you start writing random things and everyone would always tell us you should go in Shark Tank. Hmm. And so, um, we always would smile, but I heard that the producers were looking for tech companies at the time. And so we got the producer's email address and I wrote him and I said, we're huge fans of the show. And one of the reasons we love it is because the products are so innovative. And the other one is the stories mm -hmm. are so interesting. And here's our product and here's our story. That's interesting. And yeah. I threw that up on the dart. Like I was like, check, you know, yeah. did my one of 15 things so I could report. But you knew the story mattered because of sort of your experience in LA, right? Yeah, it did. The story, the story, I, I knew that, um, it's not just on television, mm -hmm. but we live in a world where storytelling is mm -hmm. meaningful. And that's what makes, that's the joy of life. Right. Storytelling. Right. right. Uh, and so I, I didn't expect a reply. And within five minutes, he wrote back and said, really? can you hop on a call? Wow. Yeah. So that's that was kind of cool. So I hopped on a call and I yeah. still had no idea this yeah. would go anywhere. You still um, had your other 14 things on the list you had to yeah, cross I'm off like, that I day. Got, like I got yeah, things to I do. Got a busy day. Um, and I, I hopped on a call with them and I told them a little bit more. And he said, Great. This sounds cool. I don't know if it'll go anywhere. I don't know if the, you know, the execs at uh, the network will be into it or it sounds really interesting. Can you send me a video answering these questions? And so I think we were going through the audition process and didn't quite mm -hmm. know what there was. This is what you go through when you're casting. And at the time, uh, it was a holiday weekend and Rosie was on a cruise. <laughs> and I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? The second she landed back, I just grabbed her and I was like, we're auditioning for Shark Tank. We have to film a video. We have 24 hours. I've lined up videographer. I've lined up. <laughs> and we're going to do this. And she was like, okay. All right. Yeah. And so uh, people were very generous with their time and helped us out. And that's the community aspect. Mm -hmm. Asking mm -hmm. people for help. And um, I'm very grateful for that, for them for doing that really pro bono. We didn't have any money. Right. So right. We had no money. Yeah. Like we need good. And I remember asking him like, what quality does the video need? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, well, for a company like you, I'd expect it to be, you know, pretty nice. And oh, I was like, yeah. okay, okay, yeah, then we can do that. Yeah. And, and I've learned in entrepreneurship, you always just say yes, right. figure it out later. Right. Yep. So we did that through the whole Shark Tank process. There were definitely many times where they would be like, are you going to be able to get clearance to show this, like to get this thing on TV that is someone else's creation? Because our kits are made of other, other people's things. Stuff. Right. Um, and we'd always be like, oh, of sure course. Can. Yeah. You have to call like the inventor of something <laughs> right. super popular. And, right. and so uh, that's how we got on the show. It was just, I think, trying. It's like, it's, it's like the simple stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Ask. Right. Try. Right. Yep. You never know. And then saying yes and really being showing up. Yep. Uh, when we first, when we were going on Shark Tank, our boxes were plain cardboard boxes with a sticker on them. Mm -hmm. They were ugly. Mm -hmm. They were flat out ugly. Mm-hmm. Kids didn't care. They would tear right. Right. Yeah, of course. But you're going on national TV. Yeah. You know, so they, they will film and sometimes not air it. Mm -hmm. Not really TV quality. And so we knew we had to have nice boxes. Mm -hmm. We designed the boxes that you see today. They're blue and orange and mm -hmm. beautiful. And we got a batch of 20. <laughs> Just enough. We a shit ton of money. Right. We got a batch of 20. And we, that's what you see on TV. Right. Now, you, the funny thing, so, so someone once described, they said that, um, you know, 
they failed on Shark Tank because you didn't get investment. But that really all along was not the point, right? The point yeah. is, was entirely, as you said, attention. And so like, how did, how, how did you think about that as you were like, you, you sort of, you winning is basically just making the broadcast go live. Yeah. I mean, our, our goal was, was actually to just get them to, to, to get some feedback on our product right? from um, people who had brought to market many products like Laurie and, um, Kevin O'Leary, who's in our space mm-hmm. in education, sold this company at Mattel. Uh, I mean, Damon, I could go through the list. Right? Yeah. These are like brand expert. Mark Cuban is just brilliant in so many ways. And Robert, software guy. We kind of went in wanting to get feedback on the product and knowing that we would be pitching to a national audience. Yeah, that's right. It's really nerve wracking. And when you go on the show, you're standing there and then all of a sudden they're like, you know, it's a whole day and they're there for a couple of days. Um, and all of a sudden, it's like, you know, they're counting. Yeah, they're counting down. And the doors open, and you go down, and you say your pitch, and they don't cut and edit any of that. Oh wow! So if you mess up your one two minute pitch, it's like, that's it. Hmm. Bye. So some people are in there for three minutes. Some people are in there for an hour. We were in there for over an hour. Wow. Because they're asking questions. Ask questions. What's the conversion rate on your site. How mm-hmm. do you optimize it? Just like mm-hmm. things that. And how old are you? How old is the company at this point? At this point, company's three months old. Yes. Infant. I mean, I literally yeah. took my child. Yeah, like, exactly. Infant, like, yeah. face scrunched up. Why am I on this planet? It's not a real business yet. In a lot, of, you know, I mean, it's it's like still early concept phase. Yeah. I mean, other people have been doing this for decades, and here's you a three month old company. Yeah, and how do you value that? Right. You pitch it. So our goal was really just to get feedback on the product and have them fall in love with it and share that passion, and they all did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course to get investment because we didn't really have any at the time. And, uh, we got an offer from Robert Mm -hmm. and we didn't accept it fast enough and Mm -hmm. redacted it and it was very dramatic. And interestingly enough, uh, it made for a really interesting story. Really good story. Yeah. TV. And I think people really enjoyed watching it. Mm -hmm. Um, did you, did that, I mean, uh, maybe it's who knows, but does your improv training help you sort of feel like that? being in that moment, like you were able to manage through it. Cause it, I've watched it and it's, it's, yeah. you know, you, you seem at ease, although it's like sort of dramatic in the way that it's done. Yeah. It's super nerve wracking. Um, and then they have to edit it down. Uh, I think improv really helps. Mm-hmm. I tell our team all the time now improv, like we have, I have a book, um, that's about how to use improv mm-hmm. in other settings. And I'm a big fan of if you're looking for a hobby or you want to do something on the side, take an improv mm-hmm. class. I think I have one of my authors, Jimmy, is writing a book called The Farce of the Sale, all on how improv can help with selling. And uh, it's interesting to hear him. I didn't think about it, but he was saying, like, it's just how you interact with humans. And so, yeah, I was just going to say, it's not just the business that can be with your relationships. It's about kind of having that awareness to tap into listening. Right. What are you feeling? And then reacting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and when you don't know this, but when you're standing there, they're all asking and firing questions at you at the same time. Mm. So it's, it looks very kind of Q and a, but in the moment you're like, do I answer this question or that? Right. Right. Uh, So I think improv definitely helped. They did some, what felt like case questions. I felt like I was, (laughs) Uh, I remember um, some of this didn't make it on, but Lori asked me a question. Like if you had, a hundred thousand orders and how much would you have in inventory? And I was like, uh, you know, we, we both stood there kind of like, this is like a consulting case. Right. Right. And it's like slowing down that moment, right. taking that deep breath, slowing that moment. So it's maybe a minute mm-hmm. or 30 seconds long, but it feels like five and really responding from a place of 
calm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember we responded and then uh, Kevin was like, great answer. So, boom. And so they moved on from that. And so it was like, right. Done. Anyway, right. So yeah, I think improv is so, so cool. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because my time in LA absolutely helped. Me. Yeah. yeah. That whole experience, just being comfortable on the camera. And, and I always looked at my sister and co-founder Rosie with such um, awe and amazement that she really was able to also show up and carry herself so beautifully mm-hmm. without that training. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think some people um, either have it or it's, it's, it's that you feed off each other's energy. Right. Right. Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's just fascinating to sort of think about how those elements define you and teach you in, in those different, different ways. Yeah. I think it's, I both, it is interesting to see people oftentimes think of entrepreneurship as the glamorous, like tech entrepreneurship, starting a startup quote unquote, but you started a business as an actress, you started a business yeah. as an author. And, um, and this is sort of the natural outcropping of, right. of, of that. I built a website, right. all that yeah. before it, you yeah. learned all those things. Website was me.com, but you know. yeah, exactly. Just still, still the same. Um, and, and how do you think about, you know, the, this, you some ways get defined by these elements, um, and those ones. And, um, and even, you know, you're defined by the story that's put out there about Surprise Ride as a TV thing. And now, you know, you have, you know, you think of this as you go back to your original pitch is we want to inspire more children. And so there's a, a big story behind Surprise Ride. Um, how do you think about layering in those elements that those elements of creation that define you to not let it sort of stop you from evolving as, as you need to, to go? Oh, it's a tough one. I mean, I think when you're uh, the public and the press will just latch on to whatever is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really up to us as founders to keep weaving in the things that matter and to stay authentic mm-hmm. to the brand. Mm-hmm. I think authenticity is really just, it's such an important practice. And if you can really hone that skill of being authentic and not being filtered and listening, mm-hmm. then all these things like, being filmed for a national TV show mm-hmm. or pitching to an investor <laughs> right. or ha- doing a press interview are so much easier. Right. Even right. Talking to your team members, managing yeah. your team. You don't have to pretend to think, what did I tell this other person? What's going to sound like? Right. What, what, what are you supposed to say as a manager to get them to the right goal? Let me just tell them how I feel right mm-hmm. now. What's, what am I thinking? Mm-hmm. What's disappointing? What's exciting? Mm-hmm. Have Give them the benefit of the doubt that they'll make of that what's needed. Mm-hmm. So I think... Um, we just make sure to stay authentic to ourselves in all of these settings to make sure that the surprise right story evolves as it was intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's hard because also I think, you know, we talk about um, getting kids to put down the gadgets and then we often ask ourselves, well, what are we doing? <laughs> right. Put down the right. Gadgets? Yeah. What are we doing to instill in our team the value of putting down the gadgets mm-hmm. and the breaks? And so we really spent um, the last year doing a lot of mindfulness work. Mm-hmm. Because as founders, you're plugged into your phone, you're managing so many things, you've got customers, you've got a team, you've mm-hmm. got investors. Um, so that's been interesting to mm-hmm. just kind of come full circle and go, hey, yeah, what about us? Right. Where do we fit in here? Right, right. That's a... We don't, we don't oftentimes think about it. And I think you, you've talked about there's these natural points in your life when you sort of said like you hit the reset button in, in some ways. And I think even as entrepreneurs, we don't do that a lot because we're sort of in survival mode all the time. It's sort of this reoccurring thing that you have this skill of being in survival mode, but then that sometimes means like, are you surviving for the right way or the right thing? And, yeah. and it's particularly in businesses. Yeah. And I think yours, yours is no different that there's this sense of like, all right, I need to like 
pause. And I remember at Zarly, oh, that was one of the biggest mistakes that we made was not like pushing pause. We'd raised 15 million bucks and we didn't pause and say like, all right, Nick, now what do we do this for? Oh, so we kept blazing so in what we were doing, true. which was wrong. I've made, that, I've made that mistake so many times. Yep. Um, yep. It's funny that you said pause because I was literally thinking of that word mm-hmm. just a few moments ago. I think it's such a powerful concept. And for anyone listening, it may seem kind of cliche or something you would glance over. What does this mean? Pause. But it's really about just taking moments either in your day or in your life and really honoring them mm-hmm. and just taking breaks. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so easy to think I can't afford 10 minutes mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I have such a busy day. I have so many things to get done. I can't afford five or 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Everybody can afford five or 10 minutes. Yeah. Really? Yes. Uh, I mean, unless you're like operating <laughs> right. heart surgery. Um, you you can take five or ten minutes to just breathe and check in with yourself, and it's amazing what comes out mm-hmm. of those moments. Mm-hmm. That's very powerful. Um, and I love the the movement. You know, Ariana Huffington is leading kind of this movement towards you know with her Thrive business to pausing. There's a number of mm-hmm. people really trying to uh, encourage this, but. I, I, and we're doing it with our team. So we, we lead every team meeting every week with a meditation. Oh, really? Interesting. We do. Yeah. And it's been wonderful to see giving our team the permission to do that throughout their day. And we encourage them to, and we have a nice big space for them to do that, but giving them that permission because Mm -hmm. I think team members often feel like they must keep going. Right. That's what looks good. That's what they should be doing. And as leaders to say to them, Hey, we want you to take those pauses. We mm-hmm. think they're very valuable. So that's been a really nice, simple way to mm-hmm. kind of in the company to embody mm-hmm. pausing. Yeah. So what's it been like now? You're, you know, you're, you're soonish. You'll be your 10 year reunion for Harvard business school graduation. What's it like to reflect back with some of your classmates on, you know, their journey versus yours. And, and you know, what, what's, what are some of the interesting conversations you have now looking at this woman who says, I'm turning down all these jobs to become an actress and now has sort of come, come as an entrepreneur and, and uh, has yeah. interesting stories to it. Ooh, it's, it's a tough question. I think that they've uh, come to expect of me a little bit of wackiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that happened. Um, yeah, as soon as I left there and, and went and did something so mm-hmm. traditional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funny because I had a, a number of classmates who came up to me and said, I've always wanted to do that too. Hmm, that's so that neat. was interesting. This yeah. Um, one of them uh, who's actually running for Congress now. So ah. I'm super proud of him. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny to see, though, where everyone's heart led them uh, and how they listened mm-hmm. and all that. But I think they've come to expect of me somebody who maybe is is a bit of a rebel mm-hmm. isn't afraid to kind mm-hmm. of explore it, where uh what the next thing is uh i think that i i feel so grateful that i sure. can go back right. to that reunion and, and say i've had the experience right that I've had. right it took me a while to get to a place um where i felt really appreciative for all of it because while i was living through mm-hmm. it, entrepreneurship can feel like you've been like Run through a ringer. Yeah, you're really away. Yeah, thrown into the laundry and you're just yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like on repeat. Well, and, and people, I say it's the loneliest job. I mean, it's, it's so, it is because the public perception of what people see, they see, you know, you've been on Shark Tank. You must be a millionaire, yeah. and you're like, you have no idea. Like, I literally am like hustling my face off to do everything, and you know, like you said, you're you're fulfilling orders and you're doing these things. And I think that the there is, it's great that there's a glorification of it, but it's 
probably less different than being a starving actor in LA, actress in LA, than it is being an entrepreneur. It's, it's the same principles of being lean, being scrappy, being thoughtful, having to do it all for yourself and try to compete. You're competing against gigantic, huge companies with huge budgets, television ads. And so you are... The, the scrappiness that's right. is, is, is really powerful. And uh, you're, you're creating these things, and we jokingly call them our babies, but you're inventing and creating these products and services and you're really putting yourself out. That's right. And you're putting a to lot be of, judged. Yeah. You're putting a lot of love into them and you, you know, you're expecting a lot in return. You're expecting mm-hmm. people to pay for them, mm-hmm. uh, to tell their friends about them. I mean, right. a lot that goes right. into it. But, um, I've had many moments of tremendous loneliness as an entrepreneur yeah. and sense of depression. Mm-hmm. They were, I mean, I've called you. With these yeah, people. no, I know. <laughs> Eric, this is just, Kicking me, and you know, you've been such a great um, source of, of optimism and energy. And like, this is how it is. Tom. Yeah, we got to keep each other this sane. Is how it is. This you're not having a unique experience, and I think it's helpful to hear that right. from each right. other as founders. Um, Does it remind you of some of those moments of sort of same sort of depression, loneliness when you were an actress? Yeah, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And in uh, in there, I think. Uh, they allow artists allow themselves to be more emotional. That's interesting. Yeah. I've had, hmm. you know, I've had fellow actors like cry about the misaudition mm-hmm. rejection. And I think as entrepreneurs and as business people, mm-hmm. really, I saw this in business, even at Harvard, it was hard to share the difficulties. You know, when right. I started there, right. um, my mom was actually uh, diagnosed with breast cancer right before hmm. I wow. started school. And I spent, a lot of my first year going to treatments with her. Mm-hmm. She happened to be a boss. <laughs> such a blessing. Yeah. Dana Farber, one of the top cancer institutes. And I remember having, um, not being able to open up about it. Right. You know, right. in the business world with like these type A personalities, not being able to open up about the experience and having a friend say, Hey, you spent a lot of time with your mom. Right. And realizing like, she doesn't know right. what's happening. Right. I right. Think my mom won't be here by the end of the year. So, right. I think it's important to keep reminding ourselves to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. It's an invitation for people to really talk when things are tough. It's a, it is, it's a good reminder. I think I, I find myself too. It's like sort of no one wants to be burdened with these things. Um, but, but I think, I think the, the, in the broader point of all of this is it, it is this sort of mindset of putting yourself out there. And we oftentimes forget that when you take a risk, other people do live vicariously through you and sharing those things can endear you at, at more than anything. And, and I think it's why you and, and Rosie are such good storytellers generally. Uh, and the public face, like that's, you know, you are the brand that, that you're embodied. Uh, but we oftentimes don't take time for ourselves to yeah. sort of share. This is hard. This is yeah, really this hard. Is hard. And also, I think we get so attached to the outcome of yep. this startup has to result in XYZ. And I think it's important to remember that there's a larger plan for all of us. That's right. That's right. It's a much longer plan. Yeah. And I think uh, ever since I've really been grounded in that, I've found that to bring me a lot of kind of comfort. Yeah. Um, just a good reminder, especially for students who yeah, are they're, starting they're out. starting out, whatever they're trying to create. Obsession with the now yeah. of sort of like, what's my next career move? Obsession with the now is good. Right. At the moment, but not the, not the career yeah. move. Uh, but remembering that, you know, yeah, I started as a banker, you started as a lawyer and, yeah. Here we are, <laughs> and still and figuring stuff out. Right, exactly. Yeah, this will be just be phases. And I think you're. I th- what I like is your. One of the things that's consistent about you that I think other people can learn from is 
you are documenting those in whatever the right medium is at the time. And we even talked about like, you know, is now the right time to do a video series or a podcast, whatever. I think that's an interesting insight that sometimes people think they need to create something that's magic. And what you were saying is like, I tell people about my experiences when I'm in LA, in LA being an actress, or I document my experience as an investment banker and I share that, or I tell my experience as an entrepreneur. It's an interesting insight that creating something of value that creates your own credibility could just be sharing your experience. And every one of us has those. That. And That's every right. human being has that. Yeah. Every single human being has a unique experience. That may resonate. Yeah, that's interesting. What's the, what's, uh, so uh, one more question and then we'll talk. I have a quick, like, fast one for you, a couple fast ones for you. What's it like, you know, you start a a company for kids and uh, at the time you don't have kids. So now you have a daughter uh, who's as cute as hell. And uh, what is, what's it like, what's changed about your approach both as an entrepreneur and also as an entrepreneur for kids? Uh, How have you seen yourself evolve as an entrepreneur, as a parent? Um, but also then as a, as a customer now of your potential product yeah. or eventually. Oh boy. Um, it was really fun because when we started the company, we were aunts mm-hmm. and that was really what was driving us. We were just, you know, young people who realized that kids these days are growing up differently. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, I actually really, I wish more people got into some of these industries that they may not fit into mm. because the perspective you bring right, is, is right. so unique. Yep. Um, and we had more time on our hands than a mom would. Right? <laughs> yes. Something. Yes. So, here, here. Yeah. Right. So we had, so then a parent would. So that was really uh, neat. As a as a mom now, I I feel really I feel the pain that we're solving. I have mm. I have an eighteen month old, and there are times even with eighteen month old that I I feel like how do I raise this little girl to not grow up in a you know super hyper-connected, right. technology-addicted world. Right. When toddlers, 80% of toddlers, two to three-year-olds know how to use a smartphone. Is that true? Yeah. And, wow. And, and it's, it's actually higher. It's like 83%. Huh. Um, and, uh, you know, the American Pediatric Association recommends that they only be using it for FaceTime for 30 minutes a week to <laughs> communicate with family. And we're all yeah. relying on it for, right. for other things. And, and I also feel the pain of I spend my time with her. Mm-hmm. And I have a few hours. Right. So we can only read books so many times. Yeah. yeah we can only yeah. play with blocks so many times. Yeah. And so how do we how do we as a company provide products for parents to really help make those moments we call them moments of love. Because mm. there are these really precious moments as 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 family. How do we facilitate those moments for them? Make them seamless. So it's uh it's definitely given me a um, a first hand perspective mm-hmm. um but i i think that overall working in the kids space just keeps you young yeah that's true which i love that's true we're just all kids at heart yeah that's surprise yeah it's neat to see i think it'll be it's going to be fun to see as you know the, the there's always evolutions in every business and i think as oh, you yeah. go through the next phases of surprise right i think it'll be interesting to see how, how she colors it from your experience with her and i think you know it's good that the problem that you thought that was out there, you validated it with, yes. with uh, your own child. And now it's sort of like, all right, now as we sort of think about the next phase, what do we, what do we, how do we maintain that deep empathy with others and ourselves to, to iterate fast? And she's also reminded me how unpredictable kids are. That's true. Right? I mean, yeah. you put something out there, you think they're going to love yeah. it. They like it for a minute, then they don't. Or you put something out there that you think is not that cool. Yeah. And they play with it for the next five right, hours. Right. So, 
it's really also allowed me to remember that when we're designing and developing products, yeah. it's really about shipping and putting it out there and seeing what the reaction is and not sitting on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kids are just so unpredictable. We, we had, uh, so, so Quinn, our three-year-old had her first sort of real understanding of Santa this year. We, we were kind of like, like, oh, we're going to do Santa. I guess we'll do Santa. So we give these, like, we gave a few small gifts, like books and stuff like that. And we were over to a friend's house. And, uh, to your unpredictability point, someone said, what was the, what was the best thing you got? Yeah. And we were trying to like scramble. We had like a stocking. We're like, oh, we should put some things in there. So we like literally grabbed like a few dum-dums and threw them in there and sort of said like, oh, like we put something in the stocking. She, without prompting, she said, my, the best thing Santa brought me was lollipops. Oh, and I was like, so we brought you all these other things. And like, the only thing you want is lollipops. Like, what are you? So yeah, you just, you can't predict them. You can't predict them. That's right. That's right. I love it. Well, this has been so fun. And I, it's been, like I said, I, we've sort of, I've been learning these pieces and researching and chatting with you. So it's, it's really fun to, to, I think the big takeaway that I would just sort of to summarize these things is that we don't have to sort of be picking our forever anything. It's always elements. But I think the important part that you laid out uh, that we sort of unpacked today a little bit is when you make a change, spending the time in the moment to sort of document that and not lose sight of it is is an important um, piece because I think you will always be known as an author who's an expert in investment banking probably for forever, you know? And you will always be known as an expert in, you know, sort of, what it's like to be in business school and what it's like to be an actress and what it's like to be an entrepreneur. And, and even as you have other chapters that sort of taking a moment and you know, reflecting, I, I think there is, every one of us has a story and by sharing that story is, is pretty powerful. Yeah, and we have somewhat of an obligation mm-hmm. to document those moments for others. Mm-hmm. We, when you're in it, you know and learn so much. Right, and right. it really does, eventually you lose some of that. Right, right. So sharing that with, you know, the younger generation or even the same or older generations, it doesn't really matter, but how can you maybe share some of that and inspire someone else in one direction in their life? Amazing. Well, this was so much fun. I, there's like a bazillion things in here. I'm trying, like, I always write sort of these episode notes and I'm like, man, there's going to be like, it's going to be like pages to to write. So this is super fun. Yeah. And thank you so much for, for this. And, uh, uh, everyone do check out Donna. She's an amazing human. And and I think the company is one that is, uh, is, is just a fascinating story. And I think it's a fascinating mission at the core of this prize ride.com. And, uh, and I think I, I'm, I'm anxious for how old sh- does Quinn need to be before she's really like a, a good, good fit for, for it. I mean, any, we, so at three, there's a choking hazard <laughs> just, in three, uh, but she's three. Yeah, she's right? three. She just so, turned three yeah, a few months ago. You can start doing the activities with her now. All right. Probably to help her out. I'm in. All right. Yeah. Well, this is good. Now I've been, I've been waiting. I've been waiting. And now that I, I'm in, I'm going to do it. So now Quinn and I can have activities together. Awesome. Donna, thank you so much. Surprise ride. And this is awesome. Thank you.